It is now time for a brand new Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. And I'm Kelly. Hello, Kelly. How are you today? Oh, it's just been magical so far. Why is that? Um, I'm almost done with most of my Renfair stuff, so I'm excited about that. Making costumes and whatnot? And whatnot. Are you going to be going as Pennywise? I did like the Victorian take on that. I um, thought you would. But, no, I, that's a lot of face makeup, personally. I was going to make a joke, but then... Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Ow, smiling hurts. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, last week I had oral surgery. So this is the first time that I'm trying to actually have a full conversation. And it just happens to be on a podcast. And we really appreciate that, too. Because, you know, if it goes past three weeks, I won't remember the movie. That is a good point. Right. You just saw the movie, what, like a few days ago? Probably like a week ago now, but yeah. Because I saw it two weeks ago. You did it opening weekend, didn't you? I did it the advanced screening before the Friday when it released wide. Ooh. Ooh, fancy, I know. Almost a midnight showing. Good for you. Yeah, I went at 9 p.m. <laughs> See, now in order to get more money, movies are opening up either that Thursday or Wednesday, and they're not even doing midnight showings anymore. They're just doing it's like, yeah, it's 7 p.m. and on. But I got to be honest. I mean, come on, we're a little older now. I'm completely fine with not going to a midnight movie. I'm sorry, don't you do a music podcast? How late do those things run? Just wondering. Hmm? Oh, they're so fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to make sacrifices. You have to oh, make okay. sacrifices. But for mm. a movie... When they can do it earlier than that. Yeah, but I feel like it doesn't suss out the true, like, supporters of the movie. Like, you're dedicated. Like, you know you're going to feel like crap at work the next day. But you know what? I'm committed to this. That's why I'm doing the midnight showing. Because I'm that hardcore of a fan. Well, you did bring up something that I think I was going to bring up later. Because obviously, I think everyone can know, you know, from reading the title and now what we've been talking about. We're going to be doing it but then also kind of comparing it to the original miniseries as well. But what I wanted to talk about was it's very weird how a lot of people now have kind of co-opted it and tried to make it their own. Explain. Well, first of all, it's super popular. It is super popular. It made over $123 million that opening weekend. I think it's somewhere around there. It became the second largest ever R-rated opening, right below Deadpool. Right. And then became, I think, the biggest opening ever in September, and like one of the biggest horror movie openings ever. Something like that. Interesting. So what I've seen a lot is I've seen music outlets that don't normally talk about movies. I've seen people that have not read the book. I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, it's my all-time favorite movie. I've seen it four or five times now, and they do such a great job with it and all this kind of stuff. It's just very funny to see all these. I'm probably going to piss some people off, but what you're doing is you're bandwagon jumping. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, these are bandwagon people. Because it's it is the new in thing. If you have you seen it yet. Pun intended. Pun right. intended. And yep. I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. Like I think it's great that people have latched on to something that is really great. So I am happy about that. But also, like, do yourself a favor. And I know Stephen King got a lot of retweets and he got a lot of publicity for this. But he tweeted after the movie came out and after everyone was like, oh, no, we have to wait until 2019 for part two. He goes, hey, you know, if you really want to know what happened, go read the book. <laughs> right. And that is fucking great. And I do want to mention 
You should. That's a big deal. The book is awesome. Now, I know Kelly has not read it yet, and that is the point of this part one. We are just going to talk the movie and the miniseries, and I'm going to try and hold back as much as possible from saying that's not what happened in the book or they did this in the book. I'm going to keep away from that, but I am going to do a part two with Gray Sorensen of the band Charlatan, and we are going to talk all three. So that is going to be a long, long talk about it (laughs) because we love the book so much. We love the movies. We'll keep that separate from what we're doing today. But to go back to the point, I think you did bring up something interesting because it does seem like it is the new thing. Mm -hmm. And it is really interesting to see all the memes out there and people being like, oh, Pennywise. I've always been scared of Pennywise. Like, I would like to mention that. I know I'm going off on a lot, but I've wanted to talk for about a week plus about this movie. (laughs) Everyone with the whole being afraid of clowns thing, you need to grow up. That shouldn't be a thing anymore. Clowns aren't scary. They never were. I don't know why. I think it ended up being a popular thing when the book came out in the 80s to be afraid of clowns. I don't think that that's something that is natural. I think that's, hey, it's kind of funny to say to people. I don't know. I don't trust anyone that says they're afraid of clowns. I think it's dumb. Um, I will give a little credence to that. They can be creepy. Sure, but can anything? Like, there's a lot of effort into, you're trying to, you're putting in so much effort to be entertaining, which is the whole point of a clown, that there's always that hidden suspicion of, why do you need to do this? Like, you're covering up for something. I kind of find the people that dress up in Times Square as a Disney character as way more creepy than anyone that puts time, because I always thought of clowns, I'm not saying, like, I love clowns or anything, but I'm also saying... I think that there's a skill and a craft that goes into being a clown. Okay. What a dumb thing to be afraid of. Like, there's just real things happening in the world. I don't know. Do you have to be afraid of clowns? When do you see a clown, honestly? True. Because they're not, there isn't isn't even circuses anymore. Yeah. The only thing that could recently perpetuate people not liking clowns is anyone who watched that season of American Horror Story. Mm. Okay. And even that was so out there. With that clown, no one would ever have given that clown a second. Like, they would have run away any time they would have seen it. It wouldn't even been a play. Right. So that's just something I've noticed. There's a lot more people saying, oh, no, I won't go see that movie because I'm afraid of clowns. Well, calm down. Every horror movie has something you're supposed to be afraid of. Yeah, so you don't go swimming because you still are afraid of Jaws? I guess there could be people, but that, I guess, is a more logical thing because... You're more likely to be killed by Jaws than you are to be killed by a clown. I mean, understandable. Yeah, especially like a godlike alien, you know, whatever you want to call Pennywise, you know. (laughs) Uh, If I had a soundtrack of like a clown laugh, I'd play it every 10 seconds. Oh, good Lord. But that would probably piss more people off and they wouldn't listen. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. The goal is to listen to the whole show, but okay. What I'd also like to do is I'd like to make a quick note. We did make a mention of how much money it made. And I'd like to say, first of all, and I think, Kelly, you and I have said this probably on most shows, the amount of money that a movie makes does not mean the movie is good. Yeah, no. So we're making a point about it, in my opinion anyways. I'm making a point on this specifically is because I am very happy that an R-rated horror movie made that much money. No, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think it's nice to see it getting... Uh, it's kind of a coin flip, actually, because I'm excited to see that people are are going to enjoy this movie for childhood reasons versus there's going to be a lot of people who are seeing it because they're bandwagoners. 
Yeah, and maybe I shouldn't have even said that at the beginning because I think it gives it a bad connotation. I'm very glad that new people are going to see it. Right. And I think it's really funny that I think the sales went up for the miniseries as well. iTunes, Amazon, mm. because I think they were trying to trick people, allegedly. Right. I'm thinking they right. were trying to trick people that were like, oh, well, why go to the movie theater when I can just watch this? And it was the miniseries. But I do think people should watch the miniseries because even though it's campy, I don't think it's bad. No, yeah, absolutely. It's still a good... It, that's like watching Nightmare on Elm Street. It's still campy. But that's what those movies were back then. That is true. And the book is not campy. No. So people should get that straight. And we'll get into it more. But it's very hard to say whether the new movie capture the essence of the book more than the miniseries or not. Next podcast. I couldn't tell you. Yes. Part two. We'll talk <laughs> way more about that. But I guess, Kelly... What do you think we should start with? Ooh, good question. I mean, I think they did fantastic casting. Absolutely. I think the kids were were really well done. I liked the Pennywise. It was one of those movies, mind the you, Pennywise. I'm not a fan of these movies whatsoever. <laughs> right. Um, I don't like going to these kind I don't like jump screams. I hate all that crap. I hate going to these kind of movies. That being said, I'm surprised how much of it I actually did watch, not through my fingers. Oh, you're one of those people? I am totally one of those people, because I will see shit in shadows. I can't go <laughs> see those movies. When I was at the theater, there was a girl in front of me who kept sticking her hands out like she was shielding herself from Pennywise. Seriously? Yeah, her boyfriend had to like tell her to calm down like yeah. it's just a movie. And right. she was one of those people that was also, it only happened once, so I let it mm. slide. But she was like, no, no, no. Like that audibly. No. But I let it slide because it only happened once. Good. So yes, this is not your genre. No. Mm. But I am glad. And I think that is one of the big points this type of horror movie does well. And the book does well. And the miniseries does well. You're not really supposed to focus on Pennywise. He is not the main part of the story. No. The story is the Losers Club. Yeah. And I love the Losers Club. The book It got me through a lot of difficult times in my life. The Losers Club as a whole were so well done that I always, when I was growing up, wished I had friends like in the Losers Club. I would join that in a second. Interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I would even give up my regular, at the time, I would give up my regular non-supernatural life to be part of their group to fight it. Okay. So it means a lot more to me to see the movie, to see, you know, to read the book again, whatever it happens to be, because I love these characters so much. Hmm, interesting. But I mean, you've kind of already made points towards that anyway. We know that this has an effect on you and how you grew up anyway. We've talked about bullying. We've talked about all that kind of stuff. Right. On different shows before. Right. I think that they did a really great job with the kids. Um, I think it's felt very genuine. I like how they portrayed all the adults because all the adults are also kind of weird they're all off somehow and that is part of the story right the adults are not supposed to be on the same wavelength as kids one of the reasons why pennywise goes after children is because they're different from adults and he will right. kill an adult that'll definitely happen but the town is poison there's yeah. something like a magical spell is over the town of Derry. And that's why adults kind of look the other way. I was actually a little surprised. And I know what they were trying for in the basically first scenes. Actually, it's a basic remake of the miniseries and the book almost with Bill oh, yeah. and George. That whole thing right. is like almost exact. Exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. When the neighbor 
sees that Georgie is basically talking to the drain. You know, when Pennywise is down there, she looks over and she doesn't do anything. Right. That does signify a little bit right away that there's something wrong because in a downpour like that, you would think maybe not today's age. I don't know. I don't know how kids are now. But if I was out there doing that when I was younger, a neighbor would say something like, hey, you know, get your head out of that drain. And that would interrupt Pennywise and Georgie would still be alive. Right. I guess the only surprise I had was when she looked back and she saw blood that she actually went and did something. Because even then, I don't think she would have. Right. But so I liked what the movie did with certain aspects of that. No, understandable. No, I think nowadays that would never happen. Kids wouldn't even be allowed to play outside in the rain because, you know, you'd be, the police would be called on you for neglect. Like, it's sad. <laughs> right. And on top of that, like, there's no way I'm going to let what I'm assuming is a six-year-old. It's somewhere around there. Go out and, like, pretty much you're running down the street, like, in the rain. Chasing a little paper boat. Right. I mean, mind you, the bright yellow raincoat probably means the cars won't hit you, right. but still. Yeah, it probably wasn't the smartest idea for anyone to let them out. Now, keep in mind, this is a big difference between the book miniseries and the movie. The movie now takes place in the 80s. Yes. That is completely different from the book. The book took place in the late 50s and then the 80s when they're adults. Interesting. But that's also the same as a miniseries. Right. So there's a continuity more between the book and the miniseries compared to now. But I actually thought that was a very good idea. Because if it is coming every 27 years, then if they do it in the 90s, then when they make the new movie, it'll be modern times. Right. So I think that works out actually very well. And I think some of the material is a little outdated for what people will latch on to. Okay. Because we'll get into it later, but in the book and the miniseries, the way they fight it is with a slingshot. Right, no, no, I, I remember that part, and I was actually waiting for these certain things to come across, and they didn't, but I still like that they didn't necessarily just do a remake. Right, and that's the thing, though. Where is anyone going to find a slingshot these days? And then also, when has the last slingshot become popular? It was The Simpsons. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that, but um, you can buy them at Bass Pro Shop, because I almost bought one this weekend. Because of the movie? No, because I like slingshots. Once again, and we said this many times, I think you're a rare breed. I'm very rare. Yeah. I think most kids do not have slingshots. And I no, think no. most people would be like, why do they just have a slingshot? Yeah, but I feel like enough of the people other than enough of the people in our generation and older will recognize that. Yes. But remember, they are trying for the new generation. Yeah, you're trying to scare millennials. I mean, some of these kids have either never read it or only know the whole scary clown thing because they've heard of Stephen King and people have been like, oh, I read it as a kid and it changed my life and I'm scared of clowns now. Same. I can tell you this, and we're skipping ahead, obviously, but at the end of the movie, people know the show, right? They know we do movie spoilers. Oh, no, yeah, we cover <laughs> the whole damn thing, guys, just to let you know. I mean, if you don't know the show, we're about to do all the movie spoilers, just so you know. Right. At the end of the movie, when it says, you know, it chapter one, and then there's like a balloon or something, I forget, something like that. Yeah. But it says chapter one because there's going to be another chapter. Audibly, in the theater I was in, which was packed, people were like, what? Seriously? They thought that was the end wow. of the movie because they don't know the book. Or the miniseries. Or the miniseries, yeah. Right. So they had no idea that they still have the whole part where they're adults. 
Well, that's just, he wasn't defeated though. Like, well, why would you not think? I will say, and we'll get into this more. Mm. But the ending to that movie could have been a one-off. The ending to that movie was enough to show that they defeated him. Okay, so taking this from someone who who didn't read the books but have seen the miniseries, I would know that there's obviously going to be a part two. Yes. But I can see what you're saying, that if you have no background in this, that it could be considered over. In what I read, and I don't really like to have to read this to know this stuff, Mm. they were waiting to see what the opening was going to be like to see if they were even going to make a second part. Which is smart. No, no, it's definitely smart. But from what I had heard before is that they had already said this is going to be two parts and we're making the second part no matter what. It turns out that they really didn't have that clearance. So it kind of makes sense that they would make it as a kind of one-off if they needed to. And then maybe later on in life, if they got more money, like if it didn't do well, they could just walk away from it. Okay. Right. No, I get that. But still knowing how it's supposed to end or how it's supposed to go down, but I already went into it with that kind of knowledge. I think my issue with it is I believe it's the first like scary movie I ever watched. I actually watched the miniseries when I was little. Okay. And that's what has always kind of impressed upon me why I'm not really, I don't really like graphic anyway. (laughs) I want to say that it all goes back to that. Oh, you're one of those people. Okay. Because to be honest, because my mom never, we had no, we didn't have that genre right. in the house, period. Because my mom doesn't like it either. And my dad wasn't really a movie watcher like that. I mean, he had, obviously, we had all the Star Wars crap. But of course. nothing, nothing like that. Nothing close to that. I want to say mom had the Alfred Hitchcock movies. But that's not the same, clearly. Right. And that had the opposite effect on me. When I read the book when I was young, when I got into as much of that stuff that I could, because my parents didn't let me, my first R-rated movie I saw was Scream. So that's a really long time that I wasn't allowed to see things. So when I read books at a young age, when I did all that kind of stuff, that actually desensitized me. Well, but that makes sense anyway, though, because your mind's always going to be way more powerful when you read the book anyway, as opposed to what anybody else's artistic interpretation of what that is. Right. And I'm not saying that the movie wouldn't be scary to people, I guess. But I've talked about on the show before, I've never been scared by a movie. Right. That's just not going to happen. So sure, jump scares are completely different from being scary. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's just more like it's that initial. It's the whole point of Haunted Houses. It's the same kind of like. (gasps) Yeah. Even the most desensitized person can still jump a little bit when a loud sound and a flash cut happens. That's just Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I would say that the movie in general, and obviously we haven't started really going through it, but the movie in general, I don't think had a lot of those moments. But what I was disappointed in, I did not like the fast motion ring shit that they did with Pennywise, because I don't think he has to do that. You know what I'm talking about? Where he would be, well, he would be talking to someone and then all of a sudden he'd go crazy fast and his limbs would be moving. That's ring. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. It, it's like it's, it's almost like your connection's wrong and it's jumping. Yeah. There's no point to that. The scary part about it was that he's so confident that he's going to get you. And I'm saying he, even though I, it's just going to get confusing saying it all the time. No, no, yeah. When I say it's a supernatural being, but I'm going to say he. He doesn't need to do that kind of shit. Right. I don't know why other than to scare people and go, hey, don't worry. We still have the new school horror elements in this. Here you go. Yeah, but then you're cheapening it. A little bit, but it still worked. Like, look how many people are like, oh, this is really fucking scary. Yeah, I think it's scary without that, though. It's not needed. Maybe not, but they did it. 
Right. Which is one of my complaints about it. And that's the thing. I think I'm going to be overall more positive about this movie. But because I love this so much, I'm going to be as honest as possible about it as well. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, I can say it already. I think people who have at least seen some of my social media posts and stuff, I did not completely like jump on this movie like no one should see. I think everyone should go see this. I hope this makes a ton of money so that Hollywood knows, hey, people want to see hard R-rated horror movies. Yeah, but do you think this isn't just justifying Hollywood that they can keep remaking old stuff? Because this is the only remake that we've seen, period, that's actually decent. Because they keep trying to tap into kids' memories they like with Ghostbusters and True. a bunch of other crap. And now it's just been like, you're not doing it well, so I don't care to see it. This was actually done well. Well, I think that's the thing. If you're going to remake or adapt something that's good, I'm okay with you doing it. You're taking uh, childhood memory and hoping that they don't screw it up. True. And I do think that they made some wrong turns in this movie, for sure. Mm. And I'll get into more of that when we do book stuff, but we're not going to do that here. But you can look at the differences between the miniseries and the movie as well. Because the miniseries, believe it or not, even though they took a lot of the gore out and they made it more campy, the overall feeling and emotion... Like, I'm still going back and forth because I grew up with that miniseries. I own it. I've seen it a million times. I still go back and forth of... What is the better losers club? Because I don't know for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm not exactly I mean, look, the miniseries had John Ritter in it. The miniseries had what was his name? Was it Jonathan Brandis? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Jonathan Brandis and Seth Green are in the miniseries. And look, Jonathan Brandis, I loved as a kid. He was in this miniseries. He was in Ladybugs. Yep. He was Bastion from the second part of the never ending story. Yep. And then he fucking hung himself when he was 27 and it fucking sucked because he was talented and he was in all these great things and people still don't know why that happened, but it happened. I thought he did a great job as Bill. Keep in mind, once again, when we say movie, I've been trying to say miniseries because it was a made-for-TV miniseries. ABC. Right. So they had to take a lot out that they weren't able to show, but I think they really did get the gist of the characters right. I think they got the feeling and the emotion right, except for some of the campiness, of course. Right. But that's what you get when you put it on TV anyway. Yeah. I mean, look, Tim Curry was great as Pennywise, but I never thought of Pennywise as Tim Curry when I was reading the book. This guy is a lot closer in the new movie to what I would see as a more sinister Pennywise, and it would kind of make sense for him to look younger to appeal to children more right so that's a good note you know that's a good change that i think is fine because you really don't know how old pennywise is when you read the book he's just a being that's been around for thousands of years right well that's just it though if it's demonic anyway it doesn't really, it can take any shape exactly to lauren however so why not take the form of a kid basically true so i did like that and kelly i think we are going a little bit too far <laughs> into this right now we should probably talk about some of the opening trailers that we saw in the movie because mm. maybe we got some different ones but i definitely wanted to make a note on two of them that i saw <sighs> so how about you start off because uh, we need another saw movie yeah i didn't get the trailer for that but i have heard <gasps> about it it is coming out <sighs> in october right jigsaw yep but the rubes out there will go and see it Ew. 
By the way, guys, and I'm talking to the audience right now. I don't care if I piss you off because you can call me whatever you want as well. Right. If you go see Jigsaw, if you go see the new Saw movie and someone doesn't pay for you or you're not doing a review where they give you free tickets or whatever, if you have to pay to go see that movie, you are a rube. (laughs) You need to stop. You need to stop going to bad movies so they will stop making them. Yes. Go see it again. And give it more money so that Hollywood knows to make better movies. Please. Enough. Enough already. We we don't need it. So, all right, go ahead. I don't even, I don't know what the story is. I don't know why he's back. Because there's a story to those movies? They're no. fucking terrible. You lock up 12 idiots and they have to try to escape before they all die. Yeah, That's, There's your story. It's stupid. It's gore porn. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, this I wouldn't consider this a horror movie. It's one of my favorite books, Murderer on the Oriental Express. I did not get that one either. Maybe this was because I was on a work trip to Iowa and they had just completely different trailers. Wow. Okay, interesting. Now I want to know which ones. Because, I mean, I want to say there's another five of them, but they all kind of blended together. Yeah. Crappy horror movies. I got a lot of blends, but two stuck out because of how bad they were. Mm. The first one was Friend Request. Yes. That is the exact same movie as Unfriended. Except that instead of having the computer screen be the thing you look at the whole time, it's an actual movie, but the entire story is exactly the same as that terrible fucking... And I know (laughs) the only reason why it's not called Unfriended is because there was already a movie with Unfriended, because Friend Request doesn't make any sense for this movie. No. It's Unfriended because the killer or the ghost killer or whatever the fuck who which is whatever whatever kills all the people based on her friend list so it's not gonna be friend request it would be unfriended because that's what she's doing it's just fucking terrible (laughs) stop doing this yes the other one was polaroid i didn't get that one it's an exact ripoff of Goosebumps Say Cheese and Die, which was a ripoff, I believe, of a <laughs> Twilight Zone episode. Right. Yeah, it's just the one, if you take the picture, something bad happens to the people in the picture. There you go. Done. <laughs> just go watch the old Goosebumps. Go read the old read Goosebumps. Read the book. Yeah, just read it. You don't have to uh, see this shitty movie. So yeah, those are the two that stand out to me. I think there were more. There definitely yeah. were more, but I don't remember them. No, yeah, I want to say, I because I was sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I've been watching 30 minutes worth of... Pr- I, we could have showed up 30 minutes ago. Like, right. seriously? Like, horrible. <laughs> and it sucks because during the month of September and October, there is something that makes you want to see a horror movie. There is something True. that makes you want to see a good horror movie. Now, I would not be surprised because I looked at showtimes for it this weekend, and this is still two weeks out or whatever. Yep. Every theater still has it multiple, like it just opened. Right. So there's a possibility that this movie stays until past Halloween. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. At least it'll still be in the theater at that point. I don't see them pulling this anytime soon. So why don't we just go ahead and start and go through the movie? And we'll make some comparisons to the miniseries as we go and any other kind of observations we have. All right. Um, I will give you a little bit of heads up. Most of the kids' names I will confuse. I'm trying to think of how I'm going to do a Losers Club tattoo. So I'm trying to figure that out. So I've got everything memorized. I'm fine. Okay, good. So like we said before, the movie starts out, Bill's older than Georgie, and Bill is sick. And Georgie wants to go out with this paper boat. You can tell he idolizes Bill. Oh, absolutely. Now, Bill has a stuttering issue as well. It's apparently from a car accident that he had when he was, in, when he was a kid. But it becomes worse when what happens is Georgie happens. 
So it's right. psychosomatic. So it's a triggered base thing. Right. Absolutely. So Georgie has to go down to the basement, which he's scared about, to get the parafilm that they're going to put on the boat so that it's waterproof. Right. He goes down, he gets that, nothing happens, but that's supposed to lead to something later. Now, what I did right. like was I like later on when Bill sees the vision of Georgie with Pennywise, okay. whatever you want to call it. It happens Illusion. in the basement. Right. Even in the book, I don't think they ever revisited the basement. So it kind of was nice to see them come back to it to show something happened down there of why you would want to be scared of the basement. Which is good. I mean, I, I like that they played on a lot of kids' fears in this that are, are more genuine for little kids. I don't like going down the basement. There's weird sounds and smells down there. <laughs> like, you know, like everybody had that. Everybody, especially you go to grandma's house and you know their wash machine is barely turning the century and right. it made noises and it rattled weird and there's that weird like thickness to the air very true so georgie goes out by himself it's pouring rain he's watching his boat go down and everyone knows it it's actually an iconic scene yeah it is you see pennywise for the first time and i liked a little twist that the guy put on pennywise by the way i only knew one person in this whole movie and that was the kid who was in stranger things who played right. richie who was amazing by yes, the way he was very good and we'll, we'll definitely get to him but so i didn't know the guy who's playing pennywise i didn't know the adults i didn't know anyone in this whatsoever so they show pennywise for the first time and they've actually kind of shown in the trailer so it's not new to people but i liked the little acting thing that he threw in there where he drooled a lot it was like he was so fucking horned up for eating children oh yeah salivating it was very well done that was a nice little touch that happens later on as well. But they have their back and forth. And I was surprised they actually went with the whole arm ripoff where they showed it. Now, the difference between the miniseries book and this movie is that Pennywise did not take the body of Georgie. Oh, interesting. So he doesn't go missing. Right away, that's a big deal. What they're trying to find, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Georgie died from blood loss from losing his arm. And he was there. So it wasn't like for the rest of the movie that they're trying to find where Georgie's body is. They're trying to find the killer, technically, of Georgie. Okay. Because they know something happened to him. They know someone did this to him. Right. So in this one, they take Georgie. And what they make it seem like is the reason why the kids start going down to the Barrens which is where the sewer system is and where there's like a little stream and like, you know, goes out to a lake and all this kind of stuff. They make it seem like, oh, well, Bill found a way that maybe that's where Georgie's body is going to wash up. Right. I like that as a almost teenager, that's what he's thinking. And they made a reason. Right. Which makes more sense, too. And the fact that it's I like the state of denial that this is the reason why he's being driven to go find his little brother. Absolutely. Look, I will say, though, too, I like the book in the miniseries where the kids are just playing in the Barrens as well. Because wouldn't you, if you were that age and you were an outcast, like if you found that area, that's where I would be. Understandable. Yeah, it gives you more opportunity to play fantasy and it gives you kind of a unique setting and it's not just like a playground. I mean, when I was living in Texas and I was middle school age or elementary school age, I forget one of those two, the neighborhood kids, we used to play it. And we used to go out into the cactus fields. It was like a little forest with trees and cacti and no water because it was fucking San Antonio. Right. But we would play it, and that was our barrens. 
Hmm, okay. So like it always holds like a special thing to me because they didn't need a reason to go to the Barrens. It was just let's get away from reality and let's right. go down this place where we have control. So I like that. But I also like that they gave a reason for them to go down there as well. I mean, I like the whole thing he did with the hamster and the tubing yes. to show that this is more than likely what this is, you know, going to happen. And you had the interaction with the father and you barely even see the parents. No. But the father is just like, you need to stop this right now. He's dead. He's dead. And you could tell if if the parents were more connected, if there wasn't whatever weird thing was happening in Derry, that maybe he would be like, you know what? I'll call the police and they can check it out. Exactly. I'm going to appease your notion on this because I think this is what you need to find closure. Right. Something like that, at least. So that's obviously very iconic, that whole part there. Then you go ahead and you start meeting some of the characters. They did switch this around from the book in the miniseries. Different people had different backgrounds. I think the big difference was Mike. Mike's parents are not dead. Interesting. Now, they still worked on a farm. Right. But Mike's parents were not dead. And Mike was more of the historian because his parents or his father told him a lot about Derry. All the strange stuff going on. Right. And then also Bowers was his neighbor. So that's where a lot more of the hate comes in. But so they kind of switched around. They made Ben a little bit more of the historian because he doesn't have friends. He goes to the library. He likes to research things. So they switched that a little bit. But I like that they did that with Ben. I think it it suited that character very well to have that. Yeah, because Ben is the new kid. Right. So they have a whole scene at the school where you meet Richie, you meet Bill, you meet Eddie. Eddie is the person who's, what do they call that? It's like a hypochondriac. Yes. And I think his mother was portrayed very well. I think they did a good job with that. She's very overprotective. She's a huge, I think of (laughs) Silence of the Lambs. She's a great big fat person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. (laughs) But I mean, she's also, clearly there's something weird there. And their interaction is she's the one who's made him like this. Like she's the one who's like, oh no, this is why we can't, don't go outside because of this and this. And Absolutely. Absolutely. What I didn't like very much was I understood why they did it. I thought it was a good idea with the whole having to take lots of pills at different times. That plays well together with the timer and things that happen later on. But that whole part with the aspirator, with your inhaler, plays a part later on in the movie, even when they're adults. So I don't know how they're going to tie everything together without him really using one. Absolutely, yeah. So, as you know, that happens in the miniseries. It also happens in the book. So, I'm sure they'll figure something out. But I was a little bit like, ah, why didn't they just keep it? Right, because that could have been an easy continuation. And it's not as, everybody still, like, that's not something that's been outdated yet. People still have inhalers. Exactly. That's still part of it. Right. Totally agree. So, you've got Bill, who's kind of the leader. Now, his stutter is still a little bit more. And then you have Richie. And Richie is the jokester. (laughs) Now... What I liked also about this was Richie in the miniseries in the book, he does a lot of impressions and he does a lot of very like old school humor type stuff. Right. This is now the, you could say upgraded, you can at least say updated. Yeah. You could say the late 80s, 90s equivalent, which is him making a lot of sex jokes. Yeah. Bad sex jokes. Really bad. But well, well, well timed. Yes. Which makes it good. So... (laughs) It makes sense to update those things, and they did at one point when he gets later on and he gets trapped with Pennywise, and he's in the clown room. Pennywise does say, beep, beep, Richie, 
which is a big thing. And I kind of marked out a little bit because it didn't make any sense to say it in the 80s and the 90s. But in the miniseries in the book, it made total sense. That was their way of stopping Richie from making wisecracks. It was like, hey, we've had enough beep beep Richie. Right, right. But it doesn't sound right now to say something like that. No, absolutely. And they didn't really lead into it to set that up. Like right. it should have came up at least once and it doesn't. That's why the only people that will mark out like I did was when Pennywise goes beep, beep, Richie. You're like, fuck yeah. That's an homage to the more hardcore fans. Oh, absolutely. That's to anyone who watched the miniseries or read the book. Okay. Love that. But I also like this updated version because it just makes sense. You know, he doesn't have to do the impressions. He doesn't have to do anything like that. It's more sexualized, like the way we grew up as kids. Right. It would make Everybody sense. Everybody had that friend. Where yeah. You're like, great. Like, oh, yeah, you make one comment. They're like, yeah, but I fucked your mom. Yeah. You know, it's just... <laughs> exactly. No, absolutely. Then we meet Bev. And Bev is, you know, hiding out in a girl's stall. And some other girl is really pissed at her. A lot of girls are making fun of her. Actually, to me, this is probably the most disgusting thing that happened in the movie. They took the trash can from the girl's room, filled it up with water, and then dumped it on her through the stall. Yeah. And that was absolutely fucking disgusting. Like, that was probably the grossest thing for me in the movie. Very gross. But, I mean, she was not surprised by this, and she knew it was coming. She got her backpack up. And right. it blocked a little bit, but it's still got in her hair, which is why she cuts it later. Is that why you think she cuts it? I think she cuts it for two reasons, but we'll get okay. to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. I understand again that they had to update things to the 80s and 90s by making her seemingly a slut. So the girls were slut shaming her. Um, I like that they put that label because that labels her as an outcast, but she never really does that she uses some great manipulation with a couple of people but even then it's not enough to be like you wouldn't be you know like that wouldn't stand out to be like oh, okay you're fucking everyone like that i didn't see that well that's what they're saying though that's what right. the kids are saying that's all i was saying right i think they needed to do part of that i was a little surprised because i don't think that's her character that's not her at all in the book or the miniseries no but because what happens in the book which we won't talk about here I understand why they're sexualizing her character. Okay. But if you remember from the miniseries, they don't sexualize her character whatsoever. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Which, I mean, they can't really touch on those kind of hard subjects on an ABC TV show anyway. Right. But in the book, it doesn't do that either. Hmm. But see, I like what that gave her. I like that background. So this is the way I've taught myself how to survive in manipulating certain ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's why I like that update, too. I'm fine with that. Right. I just think they went a little bit farther than they had to, maybe. Okay. But I understand why they did it. So then later on, you meet Ben, who is a little pudgy kid. And what I did also, this was really interesting to me, too. Bev looks older than all of them. Yeah. But I think that's done on purpose because girls mature faster. True. So sometimes at that point in their life, that would make sense that she would be more developed than they would be. Yeah. Because she looks 10 years older than Ben. No, well, yeah. I mean, everybody looks older than Ben, though. Ben looks like he's eight. That was a little tougher. I think I like the casting of Ben better in the miniseries. Okay. But we'll see what he grows into. We'll see how they... Exactly you know, right, how they do that. Yeah. But he has a nice little interaction with Bev, which is fine. I'm completely fine with that one. The whole new kids in the block thing gets a payoff later. Right. So I think that works as well. 
right. you know, she also says, hey, you're the new kid. You know, Bowers is looking for you. He's over the other side of the school. Don't go there. Right. Makes total sense to me. You do meet Bowers later because I think it's Richie, Eddie, maybe Stan and Bill are walking away from the school because they're talking about the girl who's missing, which is right. right. They never right. find that girl. She actually plays a part in the miniseries and the book, so it makes total sense that they're doing that. You meet Bowers and Bowers' gang. Obviously, now that it's not in the 50s, you can't have Greaser Bowers. Right. So you have to make it more of a thug. But what I enjoyed about this, too, is they said fag a lot. Yeah. Which is exactly what it was like growing up. I mean, the amount of times you're called fag as a kid, like it just that's the way it is. Right. We're going to be using sensitive language here, people. Please don't get triggered. It's in the movie. God forbid. We actually talk like how real life talks, but cool. Literally a demon alien being that's been around for thousands of years killing children, but people would be pissed because of that. Right. And it's not even remotely in that kind of a context. Right. Exactly. So Bowers, you know, I think was very well casted. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to later on. I think they did some things wrong with Bowers, but we'll get, you know, we'll get to it. Honestly, I think what they did with his story, they made him superfluous. He doesn't need to be in the movie now. Yes. And I think they'll try and make up for it in the second movie, but we'll get to why. Okay. Also, and we're skipping a little bit, but I did want to mention this. I thought this was very interesting in the theater. When Bowers does get Ben after the whole library incident. And he's carving his name. He punches him in the face like twice before that. And it's all of Bauer's friends, you know, holding him down and everything. Right. That probably got the most audible holy shit from the crowd. Because I was seeing the movie with teenagers, basically. Right. And that right there told me everything I needed to know about what I've been saying for years. Which is kids nowadays don't know what real bullying is yeah have no idea they don't even have red pens anymore right <laughs> like are you fucking kidding me because it might upset them like are you fu- like we had metal slides you'd burn yourself yeah like there was no plastic bullshit everything was metal right or rope the amount of times in my life i had someone hold a knife up to me punch me in the face do all that kind of stuff like sure bowers i'm not saying that every person was a bowers because he's right. a psychopath absolutely right. But I have met and been bullied by my share of psychopaths. And yeah, sure, they might not have gone as far as Bowers to try and kill, but they go one step below. Yeah, it's right there. It wouldn't take a lot to push them there. No, absolutely not. And especially if you had an alcoholic, abusive father like Bowers does, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. That right there, though, that was probably the most reaction anything in that movie got because people do not understand what real bullying is. Oh, no. And that's what no. real bullying is. So I she thought that was a some- big deal. Right. No, she wrote something mean on my Facebook page, and I'm going to be upset about it. And then unfriended happens. <laughs> right. Right. Like, seriously? That's not what... That yeah, would be no. real bullying, I guess. Actual physical violence. Yes. Actual, real, old-school physical Graphic. violence. Yep. Right. So I was very happy that they did not pull their punches, you know, literally and figuratively on that. So, anyways... So you meet more of the Losers Club. They went through the whole gerbil thing with the father, Mm -hmm. the whole Mm -hmm. sewer system. You know that Bill knows more about the sewer system now. Right. The Losers Club right now is Richie, Stan, Bill, and Eddie. Right. So we know the backstory on Eddie. We know the backstory on Richie. Richie, you never even see his parents. He's just the wisecracker of the group. Yeah, you don't run it. Yeah. And I like that they never show his horror scene. 
Right. And he does have a horror scene in the book. Right. It actually has to do with that Paul Bunyan statue that you see when they're talking later on in the movie. Mm, okay. Yeah. So they did a reference to it. Okay. And then just to get back to what we were talking about before, Stan is the Jewish kid who's actually in Scouts, but they don't go into all that. They just have that he is going through his bar mitzvah. Right. So they do his whole you know horror scene pretty early. He has the weird wailing woman in the painting. Right. And I'm fine right. with that. That's not exactly what happens. But I'm okay with that one. But that's another good kids thing. Because, you know, grandma always has that weird, like, it's an antique and we've always had it. And you just like, it's one of those things you got to run by in the hallway. You can't like walk by that painting because there's something wrong with it. Agreed. For sure. Now I think we cut to Ben, if I'm not mistaken. And Ben is in the library. Yeah. And, you know, the old librarians like ask him if he has friends. The You know, it's summer. Why aren't you out with your friends? Blah, blah. And he's just like, give me the book. You know, I don't right. need, I don't like, need what do you care? Bullshit. Yeah. I'm making your job entertaining. Right. <laughs> like, shit, you would have nothing going on right now. What you got to do is refile these. Like, seriously, calm down. So he starts seeing all of the deaths and everything, you know, the mill burning down, I think, or whatever. Derry just has a horrible history of yeah, terrible things these, happening. Like, mass yeah. murders and tragedies. And he starts seeing pictures of Pennywise. Like, it just starts happening all the time. Then he sees a red balloon go across in the library. He falls it down. For some reason, why wouldn't you? Goes down sure. <laughs> goes down into the bottom sure. of the library. And there's a burnt boy with no head who's just chasing him. It turns out to be Pennywise. He gets away, runs into the library. Right, which is also terrifying. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he runs right. out, and that's where he runs into Bowers. <sighs> They have their scene with the cutting of the H, which we already talked about, when Bowers is distracted from his friends. Because what you have to remember is Bowers' friends will always follow him, but they always know when things go too far and they try to reel him in. It just doesn't work. But when that happens, it gives the other person time to do something, which is Bang kicks him, then falls all the way down into the Barrens. Right. When he's in the Barrens, he's running through. It turns out that Bill... Stan and Eddie are going to look for the girl who's missing because of Bill's whole thing with the sewers. Right. This is where she has to be. This is because he even lines up to the fact that they keep getting taken within the grid of the sewer system. Exactly. Which is well done. You know, right. it's a it's good way to set everything up. So when they're down there, I think they do find Betty Ripscomb's shoe. Yep. And obviously Eddie doesn't want to go in. You know, Stan doesn't want to go in. Stan's always the one who doesn't want to do even more than Eddie. Mm-hmm. And that plays out much, much later. But they do find the shoes, so they know they're on the right track. But then they start hearing you know, commotion, and they see Ben. So they go ahead, and they kind of rescue Ben. And Patrick Halstetter, I think, or Hofstetter, he's one of the goons from Bauer's group. He hears it inside the sewer system where they used to be, goes there, and he gets fucking killed. Right. Now, he gets killed in a completely different way in the book. Actually, Bev sees him get killed. Oh. Either way is fine. He should have been in the movie longer. He's just a psychopath. He's a psychopath who kills animals, basically. Right. So the whole group of them, the Bowers gang, are shitty, shitty people. Right. None of them really. Level off. Yeah. Right. There's no good person in Bowers' gang. So they need to patch him up. Yes. So. This scene didn't happen. Yeah. This is a brand really? new scene. Yeah, this doesn't happen. So Makes sense, though. This is how it does. you get Bev's background, too, though. This actually does work. They go in the same drugstore that's used in the book and the miniseries where the guy tells Eddie that it's not 
you know, that it's a placebo, you know, that kind of, they do it with a girl this time, which is dumb, but whatever. Right. Right. But yes, they need to get stuff to patch up because Bowers really did carve an H into Ben's stomach. Right. So they have to get something to stop the fucking bleeding and shit. So they don't have the money uses her sexual manipulation Mm-hmm. to get the it's a distraction distracts the pharmacist they get out you know she's doing her adorable thing or whatever and then leaves she's met ben already when she sees that he's hurt she makes like eyes at bill a little bit and he invites her to the barons the next day yes because they're going to be you know cliff diving apparently and stuff i don't remember them ever doing that in the book or the miniseries but doesn't right. matter it's the quarry and you find out that Bill and her kiss during a play when they were younger. Way back in the day. So they start <laughs> right away, yeah. They start right away having a little bit of a love triangle with Ben, Bill, and Bev. Which is fine. Because they kind of do for the book and the miniseries. Well, I mean, you're looking at Ben, who's a little pudgy kid. And the fact that he actually writes a fairly descriptive poem and that type of, you know, and it has to do with their first meeting and his whole little collage that he made leaving school that day. And that all, you know, gets dragged into it. Bev not really knowing where it's coming from and then trying to suss it out and not doing a great job with it. Your hair is winter fire. January embers. My heart burns there, too. Oh. So... Now the Losers Club is almost complete because when they're in the quarry, Bev does show up and they have a scene where she's like sunbathing and they're all just staring at her the whole entire time. I kind of love that though. It was great. No, it was absolutely yeah. great. Then look away. She's looking, look away. Classic comedy. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, well done. They start talking about dairy and the history of dairy. And I think at this point, don't they go back to Ben's house? Yes. Um, I, I this is another reason why I like that they gave Ben this kind of a backstory because as an outsider, as an outsider, you would look at this and be like, "How has no one else put this together?" Right. That this place is fucking weird. There's something going on here, and all these people just kind of live here and let it happen. Yeah, he pretty much finds out that it's every 27 years that bad things happen and children start going missing. Mm-hmm. And we are skipping over a little bit because it's not completely in sequential order. They have a Bunch of scenes with Mike where Mike is by himself and Mike at one point won't kill a goat and he has to use that like goat killing bolt gun. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't want to do that. And then you see him delivering meat and there's just a whole bunch of like dead people crying out and their charred arms and stuff are grabbing for him. And then he sees Pennywise, you know, and then Pennywise disappears as Bowers comes by and like almost runs him over and is like, you know, get out of my city or get out of my town. After they go to Ben's place to see all these things and they, you know, Bev sees behind his door. He has a new kids on the block poster, but she's quiet about it. She like laughs, but then like closes the door so no one else can see it. I think it's after that that they cut to where Bowers is pretty much almost going to kill Mike. I mean, he's hitting him with like everything he's got. He's got him pinned down with his buddies there. So you really don't know what's going to happen to Mike at that point. They stumble on this whole thing going down and they have their rock fight. Yes, and this yeah, this is when the whole teaming up happens with the with the full group. And the rock fight does happen in the miniseries and the book. Yep. I was surprised that they didn't update it because if they're going to update the slingshot, I would have thought they would have updated this a little bit because I don't know. I thought that fell kind of flat for me. Mm, no, I'm. I think it worked only because you kind of get thrown into a situation. What's your weapon of choice? Like that's kind of the only thing you have. What else are you going to whip? Like, what? How would you update that? 
I would have done something else different with that. And I don't know what it would have been, but I think just the actual way it was shot, there was something more about the miniseries in the book where they had the high ground. Okay. And there was something that just made it like, to me, it was almost a surprise that Bauer's group, even though they are cowards when they are, you know, when stuff like this happens, that they didn't just rush them because that's right. all they needed to do. Right. There was nothing that kept the Losers Club from being taken. Like, you know right. what I mean? There was no deterrent other than what going through the stream. Like, that doesn't Which matter. Which is what Mike did to get across to them in the first place. Right. Also, I was a little bit confused over Bowers not, like, starting to yell at them, like, I'm going to kill all of you. Like, I didn't right. want to stun Bowers. I wanted the... I wanted the emotion, everything you got from the book and the miniseries of you guys are fucking dead. I am going like he's losing his mind. I am actually going to kill all of you. That kind of thing. And you didn't get that. So that one fell a little flat for me. Okay. Now you've got the Losers Club all together. So this is where they start telling their stories about what they've seen. Now, Richie still hasn't seen anything, but I think everyone else has because Mike tells his story basically that his parents died in a fire. So obviously that's why there's a lot of fire play when it comes to him. Now, that did not happen in the book and did not happen in the miniseries. I'm guessing this is going to play into his character later on in the second movie. As an adult, yeah. But I also read something with the director or writer or whatever saying that when Mike stays, because everyone should know that already. Mike is the one who stays in Derry to let everyone know if or when Pennywise comes back. Mike apparently is going to start becoming a drug addict. So that's supposed to somehow open up the ritual of Chud, which they don't go into whatsoever in this movie. But I understand a little bit because that's got to be ridiculously hard to really show the ritual in movie form. That's true. Because if I'm not mistaken, I love, I mean, Bill does the ritual and finds the giant turtle which plays into a lot of Stephen King stuff. And the turtle gives him wisdom for how he's supposed to defeat Pennywise in a battle of wits. And I don't know how they do that correctly. They might try for it in the second movie, but it's going to be drug-related with Mike compared to the thing that they did in the Native American aspect. Right, right, right. Which, once again, when you're updating things, there's not going to be a Native American aspect that you're going to play off of in this movie. Right. If you're trying to make this realistic, quote quote unquote, unquote. yes. (laughs) um, I mean, that would make sense to go that route. But I hope it doesn't become like someone who's strung out. I hope this becomes as a bad thing of weed. Like, I really don't want him to be a heroin addict. No, I think he is. Well, yeah, but that's just a crazy person. Yeah, acid and stuff like that. Well, I think he gets his shit together. But most of the time when he's just alone in dairy. That's supposed to be like his journey. His retreat. Yeah, yeah, I think. Because he can't handle it anymore. It's completely understandable. After what they go yeah. through and what they've seen, it does make sense in a way. Oh, yeah. It's PTSD. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just a little bit confused. We'll see how they pull everything together. But the book did a fine job with it, so I don't know why sometimes they don't just go with what the book did. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Now, we kind of glossed over this. We haven't really touched on the fact that when you first meet Bev, she has long hair. And now that when she's part of the group, she doesn't. Bev has an abusive father. Yeah. Her mother's gone. And they really, really, and maybe I just didn't think about it when I've read the book and everything. I don't remember it being completely sexual, the abuse. 
I mean, that's kind of how it, I mean, that would make sense though, because, you know, girls with bruises will be questioned. Boys with bruises won't. This is a way to be abusive and be manipulative in an emotional way, in a physical way. Yeah. I just don't remember it from the book being that like that. Yeah. Just that much because they are very overt with her father in this one. So yeah, the two reasons for the cutting of the hair is one, because it smells and two, because she wants to look more like a boy so that her father won't have sex with her or won't touch her or molest her or whatever it is. Whatever. Right. So I like that scene. They don't go through any of that kind of thing in the book, I don't believe, nor in the miniseries. Right. What they do write, though, is the whole blood spewing up from her sink and completely covering every inch of her bathroom and her father not being able to see it. See it. Right. Right. And I thought that was perfect timing to do that while she was so happy that she had the postcard with the poem on it. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. I think that's I think that's fantastic timing. You can't have someone be happy. You got to take that away from them. Yes, always. What I have to look up and I don't remember. I don't remember the significance of the key that she has around her the whole entire time. They never go into that in the movie. And I don't think they did that in the book either. I don't think she had one. I could be wrong, though. I'm assuming it'll play into something later because she had it all the time. Well, I mean, I, it's it's the latchkey kid. I don't think they're going to hit you really? in the head with a hammer like that. I don't think it's a term most people know what it is anymore. Because you can't do that. You know, you're a neglectful, abusive parent if your kid comes home and you're not home. Like, I mean, I guess it's possible. I thought maybe it'll have more meaning later. Possibly. And probably. So then there's more talking between the kids. You know, more people are going missing. Patrick now has his wanted poster up, you know, trying to find him. There's a little bit of a riff sometimes in the group when anyone says that Georgie is dead. Yep. Bill still has this thought that Georgie isn't, you know, that he's just captured somewhere or whatever, that he'll be able to find him. But basically, everyone's had some type of interaction with it except for Richie. Right. Eddie has his it thing when he goes to a house or he's going past a house on Kneebolt Street. And it's this hugely rundown house that looks the scariest thing you like could possibly. Adam's family. Right. And the house next to it looks fine. Right. And as a neighbor, I'd be like, so we need to tear this down. And I think they went overboard. I don't think it was yeah. supposed to be completely like that. But it turns out that that's where like the well station used to be. And the well station is like underneath it. And that's where all the sewers line up. So they get the idea. And I don't know. Are we missing anything else besides that? Because now they're a group. No, I mean, yeah, because this is this is when you fully see Pennywise outside the sewer system. This is also where he has his kind of weird interaction. And I mean, I mean, I get it. We forgot about the projector thing. We didn't touch the projector yet. I mean, that's in the commercials, so everyone knows what happened there. Right, right. And it's just it allows the kids to all realize that they're all kind of having this kind of I'm not the only one who's seeing this clown. Because Richie sees it now, too. Everyone's kind of on the same page, even though Stan doesn't want to believe it. They don't want to believe. Right, that this is a thing. I don't know how I feel. I mean, I get if he is, uh, if he has that phobia, but really, I mean, do you have any, does anybody know what leprosy is anymore? Like, I don't feel like that's going to be as big of a, you know? But it makes sense for Eddie, though. Oh, no, absolutely. Being a hypochondriac and, you know, having his mother say the things that she does, like, the leper makes sense. But yeah, maybe most people didn't get that reference, but it still looks like a scary zombie. No, yeah, pretty much. So yeah, I think we're all set. So they decide to go to Kneebolt Street, even though everyone's basically following Bill. 
And Bill's like, look, I'm going in here no matter what. Because that's what he does. He does that in the book. He does that in the miniseries. He is the leader. And he wants to find out either who killed Georgie or, in this case, where Georgie is and then, you know, whatever. So him, Richie, and Eddie end up going in while they have the rest be lookouts. And in the house, you know, it's basically almost a haunted house. It's a haunted house. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's... That was one thing I found slightly upsetting is like you guys made this a little too blatant. You could have not necessarily done an 80s creepy 80s house, but you could have not done something that clearly was built in like 1901. Like, really? I think what they were trying to do was set up a scenario where the kids still think that they can do things on their own, but have to be shown that, no, the power is that you guys are all together. Right. So this was that setup. It's like, hey. Now we've separated not only the whole group, but now in this house, we're going to separate you one by one and show you how weak you are compared to me, Pennywise. Right. So Richie gets you know locked in his own room with a whole bunch of clowns. And there's actually one that looks like Tim Curry yeah. in there. That's where you see Beep Beep Richie. You know, Bill saves him. Eddie, you know, basically falls through the house you know, to the second floor or whatever. I think they're on the third. He goes to the second or first, whatever. He breaks his arm. That's supposed to be broken by Bowers. And that's when Patrick dies in the book. That's okay, whatever. It's fine. It doesn't really, doesn't matter. Right. They get everyone together. And I did love, I will tell you this, I fucking love the scene. They show it in the trailer. But when Bill and Richie are given the choice between the three doors, very, very scary, not scary at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they both look at each other and go to the not scary at all door. It's so childlike because right. wouldn't you? Right. Of course you're going to go to that door. So I right. really did love that. I thought that was great. And of course, there was scariness inside of it. It was like Betty Ripscomb like in half or something. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I only saw the movie once. I'm going to buy it most likely when it comes out and I'll see it like a million times. But for right now, we're just talking off of seeing it once. Right. And I mean, still, even with us spitballing, it's visually, you have to see it to really get everything. Yeah. And we're hopefully talking to people who have seen the movie and just like hearing us talk about it. I mean, that's the whole point. True. So they end up getting back together because Pennywise is basically about to kill Eddie. Yeah. About to eat Eddie. But Bill comes down with Richie, and he's like, I'm not afraid of you. He's like, oh, you're not afraid of me. you know. And this was a very good back and forth, and I can't do it word for word. But I did like the back and forth because also being children, the way you think something like that has power is to be like, I'm not afraid of you. Which, right. in a way, is true. That does actually hurt him. That is what you're supposed to do. If you're not afraid, he's not going to be able to hurt you the same way. Right. But it's still misguided in a way to just think that that's it. Yeah, that that's that's how you banish the monster. Because <laughs> right. if you're giving the monster power if you're afraid, so not being afraid, well, poof, and he'll disappear. Exactly. So Bill kind of goads him away from Eddie. And then as soon as it looks like Bill's going to be taken out, Bev shows up with a poker, like a fireplace poker, and just shoves it right through his face. It was very, It was shot very well. Oh, yeah. So I did like that, and that kind of makes a little bit of sense to the miniseries in the book. I don't even remember if it happened necessarily in the miniseries, but Bev is the one that goes in the house. She's the main one, and she's the one who shoots the first silver piece into Pennywise, which makes him escape. So it kind of made sense that she was the one to do that defining blow that would make him retreat. Retreat. Exactly. 
But then you go outside and they do something that they never did, from what I can remember anyways, from book and miniseries, which was have an internal fight. Bill never punched Richie in the face. They never had this whole breakup of the gang. Right, but don't you think that kind of adds something to it? Adds something to it. it does in a way, but I didn't like how it manifests in the end. And we'll talk about that. Okay. But that is what happens. It's basically Bill's like, hey, we have to go after it. But now we know what we can do. Let's go get weapons or whatever. And people are like, no. Like the only person really standing with him is Bev. Right. And everyone else is like, fuck this. Georgie's dead. We don't want to die like Georgie. And that's what sets Bill off. And then he punches Richie. And Richie's like, fuck this. I'm out. Right. You know, Eddie is now obviously not going to be part of the group because now that he has a broken arm. His mom loses it on them. You know, makes some comments about Bev make some comments about the group in general and basically you think you're not going to see eddie anymore either right and we did forget we did mention it briefly in the beginning but before all this bill did see actually no no does bill see georgie coming up actually is this the basement scene coming up soon i believe so yeah yeah i think we might have that off a little bit but either way we kind of mentioned before you know the light goes on in georgie's room and there's a little turtle which again is a reference to the thing that they're not going to show in this movie and when he gets scared, he breaks it. But he follows Georgie's, he follows whatever he thinks it is down to the basement. And there's Georgie, you know, first being sad, which I loved. I, I really like that. They do it like twice in the movie yeah. where Georgie did look up to Bill so much that he would be like, oh, no, I let you down by not getting your paper boat back. Right. Absolutely. And of course, Bill doesn't give a shit. All right. So that's well done, and then he has the whole thing with Pennywise where he gets away. (laughs) But so now everyone's broken up, and they're all off doing their own thing. Stan's getting his bar mitzvah. You know, Eddie's being taken care of by his mom. Bev's dealing with, you know, her dad. I think Mike actually, doesn't he kill a goat? Isn't he like, he's actually in that mindset now where he knows it's kill or be killed. Right. Oh, we did forget one of the bonding experiences, too, was when Bev has everyone come over to her place and clean up the blood while her father's gone. Well, it's more along the lines of, I want to make sure I'm not going crazy. You guys see this, too. No, very true. But it ends up right. being a bonding thing as well. Oh, yeah. The fact that they are willing to clean all this up. Yeah, that's a big deal. Plus, she does the whole reading of the poem a little bit to Bill to see if it's him. Where in the book and stuff, she just assumes it's him. And they are dating in the book and the miniseries. In this one, they don't do it that way. Right. So, you know, Ben sees him talk all close and all this kind of stuff. And he's not going to say anything, but his feelings are hurt. Right. Absolutely. If, if I'm not mistaken, they, they cut to Bev at one point and her father finds the poem and then also says that the neighbors and everyone have been talking about how you've been hanging out with boys, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he's all creepy. And he's like, you're my little girl, Bev, aren't you? Like all that bullshit. And she's basically packed up to go somewhere. I think it's to move in with her aunt. Right. And the door is locked. And this is where basically the father looks like he's about to rape her. Oh, yeah. She fights him off. She goes into the bathroom. Right there, she hits the father over the head with, you know, the top of the toilet, whatever you call that. And as she's about to leave, Pennywise shows up and kidnaps her. Yep. Now, this right here I have a problem with right away. I As soon as Pennywise showed up, I was like, fuck you. Pennywise does not kidnap people for ransom, basically. Right. I understand why they're getting rid of Bev, because they're not going to do what was in the book. And so I understand why they need to you know, take Bev out of the equation. 
And for anyone who doesn't know, just read the book. Or if you don't care and you just like me talking, then listen to part two when we go into right. it in detail. But this is the reason. This is not what happens in the book and it's not what happens in the miniseries. Yeah. Bill shows up and sees the note written by Pennywise basically saying, you know, I'm going to kill you if you try and get her. He then has to round up what's left of the Losers Club. And he does. He makes up with Richie. He says, Bev, you know, Bev is gone. It has her. He gets everyone together. Mike gets the bolt gun. So they don't have a slingshot. They don't have silver. Right. Also, for anyone who's been a little bit confused when I say silver, I'm not talking about his bike. They did show it a couple times. Like it was going to mean something. It doesn't mean anything in this part, which I was a little bit disappointed in. Silver is supposed to be used multiple times to save people from it. Because it really, really means something in the second part. Right. So I was disappointed that they didn't do anything with that. Now, what I read about, at least with, once again, another interview with the director, writer, whatever, they are planning to still have flashbacks in the second movie. So it's not just going to be, yeah, it's not going to be a whole, we're adults now and nothing else happened. Right. They're still going to have, hopefully, these kids. And I think the thing that they're worried about is they're growing. Right. So they're worried about doing the flashbacks. But that is supposed to happen. So maybe there will be more stuff with Silver. I don't know. All right. Interesting. But everyone gets together. They go to the house on Niebold Street. They go down into the well. And that's supposed to take you into the sewer system. Everyone makes it down there except for Mike. Because what was supposed to be with Pennywise being a little weakened... Pennywise then goes to Bowers and says, hey, you need to kill all these kids for me, but then also kill your father as well. Like that to give him the courage, like kill your father. I was glad that they had him kill his dad. Right. I wish there had been more backstory with it. Yeah, there should have been a little bit more, but still, they've kind of made that character not necessary in this movie. They they do and they don't because he's kind of, he ends up being a throwaway, especially with this scene. Well, I will say one of the reasons why Ben becomes a member of the Losers Club is because of Bowers. You know, you can say that the reason why Mike does is because of Bowers. Like, Bowers right, does have a way. but he's not nearly as, as pivotal as he is in the miniseries. Like, or the book. Whole... Oh, and right. the book, too. No, no, for sure. And I'm trying not to give too much away, but I think even in the miniseries, it's, this is how it happens. So it's okay to talk about it. Bowers is told to kill his... Well, actually, they don't even do the kill the father thing. But Bowers is basically told to kill the kids. So while the kids are in the sewer system, he's in the sewer system with two of his buddies, Belch and the other one or whatever. Right. Pennywise comes and kills both of his guys and then scares him so badly that he leaves the sewers after trying to kill the kids. He leaves the sewers and is blamed for all the missing kids being killed because he's so fucked up in the head now that he just admits to it. Right. And that's a big part. Like that's actually a very important part, which they don't do here because as all the kids are spelunking down (laughs) to the fucking whatever, Mike gets hit behind with like a lead pipe, which once again, people were like, what the fuck? It's like, yeah, that's what a bully does sometimes. That's what they do. Yeah. They don't just hit you with their fists. So now Mike has to have a back and forth with him. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they never said the N-word. Nope. They say that a lot in the book. A lot. Yeah, it was that time, too. Right. Mike ends up fighting back and, you know, doesn't get bolted in the face, which is very good. But he fucking kills him. He fucking kills Bowers. There's no way Bowers survives that. There's absolutely no way because that well drop is so far. And look, I'm sure maybe they could show a flashback in the second movie where they show 
Pennywise like catching him or something and they show a whole thing where Pennywise like tells him you have to take credit for all the people I'm going to kill blah blah they could do whatever yeah but if they do that then they cheapen the whole thing right that scene is very important for Mike because he's finally fighting back and then really there was literally nothing else in the movie that talks about it he had to have died oh yeah so if you take Bowers away Bowers plays such an important role in the second part of the movie that I don't doubt that they can write something else, but I'm still like, why would you do it that way? Because he doesn't even show up with his buddies, which means no. his buddies are still alive. So right. what was the point of them when they're going to be used later? Like I just that that kind of stuff. It's like, why? Why did you do it that way? Because you could have had it while they're in the sewers. That Bowers catches up with Mike, and Mike and him have a struggle, and whatever. You could have still done that, but now you've written Bowers off. And Bowers is supposed to be a more important character than that. I think the other thing is that you don't need that scapegoat, though, because the way they've set the parents up and the way that they've given you how Derry is, it, people are looking for their kids, but they're not. So you don't need to have somebody come out and confess to all these murders if, when they don't even know. Right now, they just go missing. But it made sense with the death of the father to pull all of that together because they do want a scapegoat. Like, people do want someone to go, oh, okay, we're fine now. We found the person. Yeah, but I don't really think, yeah, but you're thinking of people in a, in a logical sense. The way that they've set up these parents and these adults, even, like, the, it's just not there. Like, they don't show police presence. They don't show people actively, look, like, they really don't. They show the one scene of the mom hoping for the girl to come out of the school. Other than that, it's not, they're just pictures on a wall. But it also helps for the kids themselves. Not for those kids, but for kids in general in the town to be like, oh, we're safe now. Yeah, that's true. But they don't really touch on like, you know, you never overhear them walk by and people gossiping about, oh, my God, I hope I'm not net. Like you don't hear that. So you don't know if that fear is actually real. But I'm assuming that it is because okay. they're still kids. They're still kids. Right. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. So what you would think is in Derry, in Derry, as kids grow older. They're going to pass down the stories of what happened at this time. If they have someone to say Bowers and they have this now horror story of saying, oh, yeah, he's in the mental asylum, blah, blah. He's, oh, Bowers is going to get you, whatever. They're not focusing on, well, where did those kids go? Right. Where did, if, if Bowers didn't kill him, where did they go? So then you've got kids that are now more wary in 27 years. And when it starts showing up, maybe they're not going to go into the sewer drain. Maybe they're not going to follow that weird sound that they hear because they've been told for 27 years or however, you know, 10 years maybe right, right, yeah. that there's something in dairy that kills kids. See, that's that's the way I think of things. So it sets up the next generations by having a scapegoat now, which they don't do. Which they don't do. But maybe they have some way of writing it later on. That they will talk about. They might still have it. It might be literally a quick cutscene where Pennywise catches Bowers, laughs in his face, and then that turns his hair a different color to white or whatever. And he sends him off and he goes, Bowers, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you later. Take care of these kids for me until then or whatever. And he walks out of the sewer system and he confesses to everything. That could still happen. It just looked like from the initial impact of him hitting his head on the well itself and then falling oh, yeah. all that way, you would never survive that. No. So anyways, who knows what they'll do. I was disappointed in that, though. I'm hoping they don't do that cutscene and they find a different inventive way to do it. <laughs> I hope so, too. I do. But I could easily see that they could pull that out of their ass yeah, if they cheap. want to. So now 
They're going through the sewer system. They're trying to find Pennywise. Bill runs off when he sees Georgie. You know, he sees a paper boat and he runs off by himself because Bill wants to do it by himself. But everyone's like, no, we're not going to let you. Right. And then Stan somehow loses his direction and gets lost by himself as well. And Pennywise, as the scary painting, you know, attacks him. Right. They hear Stan scream. They go find him. And basically he's got a huge like sucker fish thing with a whole bunch of razor sharp teeth in his fucking face. Oh, yeah. So he is the one who gets the worst of probably everything. Okay. He's freaked out. He doesn't understand why he came down here. He hates Bill. He hates everyone. You know, why'd you leave me alone? This happened to me because of you. I almost died. Blah, blah. Right. Blah, 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 blah. They cut to Bev at some point. She wakes up. I thought the thought the actual filming of this was really well done. I thought the set was very well done, where they had the children floating all around. Just the, the spectacle of it was very cool. And then they did the whole dancing Pennywise clown thing. You know, they never use his real, his name he uses sometimes, which is Bob Gray. They never use that. But it's Pennywise the dancing clown. He does a really scary dance, comes after her really fast when she tries to leave, and then shows her the deadlights, which is good. That's fine. She doesn't actually see them in the book or the miniseries, but sure, they use it here. Fine. She starts to float up. Pennywise is gone. Bill comes through, sees Georgie. You know, goes past Bev. Like, he wants to help her, but then he sees Georgie. So he runs to Georgie. The other Losers Club come through, see Bev, pull her down. Can't get her. You know, she's got, you know, grayed out eyes, basically. You know, she's in the deadlights right now. Right. Ben kisses her, brings her back. They're like, what the fuck? Not only because she comes back, but also because Ben kissed her on the mouth. Right. And I think they recite the poem to each other. In the book and the movie, I believe, that's found out when they're adults. Yeah. Not when they're kids. But right. whatever. Teach their own. They find Bill. Bill is talking to Georgie. Georgie is being very sad. And actually a really great back and forth. I really like the back and forth they had for sure. Like I was very glad because this doesn't happen anywhere else either. This is all brand new. But Bill realizes obviously this is not Georgie. But he gets to talk to his brother for a second. And then he bolt guns him in the face. Right. Now. I think they played off the whole, was that actually Georgie or was that it way longer than they should have. You know what I mean? There's like him trying to, I guess Pennywise was trying to get them to doubt themselves a little bit. But come on, you didn't have to do this. Everyone knew it was Pennywise. So, you know, Pennywise starts growing out of Georgie and then he's there. This is where I'm not a fan. Interesting. I don't like this whatsoever. I understand the symbolism. I understand that now they're fighting back against Pennywise. They're not scared of him anymore. They're going to take a weapon and they're going to try and beat him to death. Whatever they have to do as kids to get rid of him. Right. I think it's asinine. I think it looked dumb. It did look dumb. And it was un- like it was not believable in my whatever. I this is This is a creature with unbelievable power. You really didn't show that you weakened him at all so why would any of this be allowed to happen because if you had gone through and you had said that really you know bev really did weaken him with the thing through the head if you had shown that maybe i would believe this a little bit more but i just don't i don't believe that all of a sudden they're gonna fight this creature and it's just gonna be a back and forth like if this was a regular person i think what the problem is is they don't push it enough that when you say that i 
don't have fear anymore that it's going to significantly injure him to that point and because they didn't emphasize that enough this seems unbelievable because i mean if you think if it's purely being driven by fear and some of them suddenly none of the living kids in this lair fear him then that would cut him down right. but they didn't prove that point exactly and maybe that's very difficult to prove in a movie which is possible, so I'll give them that. But I would have liked something else. I know they might not have been able to do the whole ritual thing the way that they should have, but right. I would have liked something different. Because also, the whole, you know, once Pennywise has control of Bill, and he's like, hey, I'm going to give you all the option, which that showed weakness. Giving them right. the option to leave, and I'm right. just going to take Bill, and right. you guys have fun, whatever. The whole Richie thing. Bill, I hate you because of this, and I hate you because of that, and now I hate that I'm going to have to kill this clown. Ridiculously dumb. Right. Really hated that. Like, really, really hated that. But love the idea of the group together doing something like this. I did like that. So I don't want to shit on it too much. I guess I just don't know how they should have done it, but I would have liked something more to the book than to what this was. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I was always waiting for them to utilize the inhaler. I was always waiting for something along those lines, and they don't yeah. do that. And then when they just start grabbing crap out of the pile, it's like, really? This was, you guys really didn't have an idea on how to do this. I guess we're really lucky. There was a baseball bat in that right pile there. of shit. Yeah, and a lead pipe and, you know, the bolt gun and, you know, whatever. Right. So that was a little iffy for me. And then Pennywise retreats to another well, apparently, because now you can go even deeper. And he yeah. hangs on there. And he starts breaking apart. Right. And Bill's like, we're not afraid of you anymore. You know, never come back, whatever. And as he's breaking apart, the last word he says as he falls is fear. I am completely fine with that. I think that's great. Because he's leaving that lasting thing to you. Because if you remember fear, you're always going to remember him. Right. But in my opinion, that to me is a very final ending as well. You could easily debate that that is the end of Pennywise. Okay. So No, yeah. If you come into it with no background, this could easily be a conclusion to this movie. Plus, all the kids that are floating fall down. Come because down. we didn't even mention because, you know, the whole, we all float down here, you'll float down here. You know, he says that many times. Obviously, people know that that's the catchphrase. We don't need to go through it all the time. Right. But the kids start floating down. I am very glad that they did not say that those kids were now alive because they're not. Oh, thank God. They're fucking right. dead. So right. that better not happen in the second one where they were like, oh, yeah, all the kids, we saved all of them. No, they should all be dead. Yeah, for sure. So let's hope that doesn't happen. They leave the sewer. And I think don't they cut like to like two weeks later or something like that? Yeah, they keep cutting. They go from school getting out, some middle of summer, and then they cut back. I think it goes to like September. So they're yeah. all supposed to be going back to school. Right. So it's not like they have a conversation right after they leave the sewers. Now, once again. I will go into this of what happens in the book when they try to leave the sewers because obviously everything's not cut and dry after you defeat Pennywise. There's still more to do. There's right. still more things you have to get out of the sewer. You have to come together. There's a whole... So that's a hint for you. They don't show any of that, obviously. But then they cut to later on where everyone's basically got their life together again. And yep. they even mention, I think it was Bill or someone says, you know, I almost don't even remember it anymore. And I have to really think about it to know what we went through. And then that's, yeah, they definitely, you're making a like a thinking face. They definitely mm. say that. I just forget who says it. It might not be Bill, but it's one Still, of them. Still, no, yeah. No, I remember it being said, but I'm not like, I can't tell you who. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And it's a big moment because that's we'll talk about that in a second. But they're all together, and Bill does the blood oath, which they really put a lot of emphasis on showing him cut everyone's hands. They could have done that in a second and just had everyone, you know, you cut to when everyone's hand is cut and then you right. go through it. But they basically said, hey, we're going to make a pact. And this is Bill, obviously, because Bill's the leader. Make a pact that if he ever comes back, we'll come back to finish the job. And then they all go off. They're like, you know, hey, you know, Stan's like, I hate you. And then they all start laughing. And then he leaves. And then Eddie leaves. And then everyone else. Now, there's a reason maybe why they leave in that order. And you can think about that for yourself because I don't want to ruin right. it. But you right. can think about that. Then they have the scene at the very end. You know, Ben's the last one with Bev and Bill. So Ben leaves. So it's Bev and Bill now. And she's basically giving him all the hints, you know, that he could possibly do something if he wanted to. And she's talking about how she's moving to her aunts in Portland. Yep. Now, I don't remember any of this from the book or from the miniseries. It no. could very possibly be, but I don't remember this because she doesn't kill her father in the book or the miniseries. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. But she, you know, says goodbye. Bill runs after her. They kiss. I wasn't blown away by that. I was hoping for not more as in like sex or something, but well, I, don't know. I think it was still, it was that awkward first kiss kind of thing. But right. I think I felt more chemistry in the miniseries than I did in this one, which maybe they could be going for because really they're not dating like they were no, in yeah, the book exactly. in the miniseries. Yeah. Right, right, right. So yeah, that didn't have to be cemented down. But what I really liked visually was when she said goodbye to him, she put her hand on his face and smeared the blood. Yeah. And that was just cool because he's so entranced that he just, you know, got to make out with a girl. He doesn't even notice that he would have blood, blood from on his hand. Face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I like that. And then I believe that's where it ends, right? Yep. And it says, you know, chapter one. And that's where everyone was like, what? There's going to be a chapter two? You know, that kind of thing, which was surprising. So what I do want to mention without going too far, the reason why the whole forgetting makes a lot of sense is because as the group goes farther away from the incident, they do start to forget. And as they leave Derry, they actually forget everyone. Interesting. And that's one of the biggest things I loved about the book because it's heartbreaking. They forget their friendships. And the only person that remembers is Mike because Mike stays behind. Mike never leaves. Yeah, he's the lighthouse operator. He makes sure that he brings them all back when things start or if things start happening again. So he's the only one that doesn't forget. All of them forget their friendships, forget what happened. It's a very interesting way to tell a horror story because they're not blocking it out. It's actually a mystical thing. They right. leave Derry and Derry has that kind of magical power, whatever it is, evilness, whatever it happens to be, because Pennywise doesn't want them to come back. Right. That is not his goal. So it's very interesting that they do it that way. And I'll talk about it more on the book and all that kind of stuff. But I like that they started that because that is a kind of heartbreaking thing. They don't hang out for the rest of high school. You know, they start to move away from each other, even though they're the fucking losers club. Right. But because of the sacrifices that they made, they end up sacrificing this as well. It's one of those things, though, but I mean, that makes complete sense when you've set up this type of a universe. That would explain why, you know, you don't have the whole nation coming in trying to figure out why all these things keep happening in this one town, because no one's going to talk about it if you don't remember it when you leave. Yeah, for sure. You would think I would think about this all the fucking time. No shit. <laughs> it's like, hey, guys. Are you kidding me? 
Yeah, remember when we killed that fucking demonic clown? Like, wasn't that awesome? But no, the other thing is, it's like, you look at human history as a whole. I mean, they've turned Salem, Massachusetts into such a big thing. And that's where we murdered hundreds of people. Like, that was, well, it turned into a tourist thing. Take away we. I didn't know such murders. Anyway. I like witches. <laughs> <laughs> it, but that's just it, though. It's like, if it were to be publicized like that, it would turn into a tourist thing. And that's not the point. Right. I like that it's been taken away like that. In general, though, I can't wait to watch this movie again. And I understand people going to see it multiple times, for sure. Like, I want to catch the little things that maybe I didn't catch the first time. Right. But I think, in general, they got the idea right. They got the concept right. I really love The Losers Club. I'm still going back and forth of, you know, do I love that one more than the miniseries? You know, I have mm. to go back and forth. That's the other thing, you know, we didn't mention it, but for people who haven't seen the miniseries, I would recommend you see it because it covers the entire book and covers the adult stuff. So this is just straightforward kids. The miniseries has kids and adults and they switch in between them, which is what the book does as well. Right. So that's why I think the miniseries is almost maybe not in complete tone, but almost more comparable to the book than this movie is. Okay. I can understand that in the fact that when they first made this, at, because it came out as a miniseries and did not come out in a national theater release, that it's easier to take those longer stories and cut them up that way and still be able to follow the characters versus trying to shove it all into a two-hour movie, which you really can't do effectively and do it well. No, very true. And that's the thing. The miniseries is like three plus hours. This yep. is going to end up probably being four plus five. hours. Yeah, yeah, four or five once we get there. But right. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do, for sure. Okay. I think it was really well acted. You know, I loved every part of that. I didn't think any acting was off on no. that. I just think some of the things they chose to do could have been done a little bit better. And I'm sure people are going to get pissed at me. But you can't tell me that I'm wrong on this because I know more about it. What like, he means is an anal perfectionist about this, yes. not expert. Well, that's why. Well, I like expert better. Semantics. I like expert. Right. But Semantics. when I talk to Gray about this and we do the full thing, now I might still want to cut off where we don't talk about the ending because we still have to wait till the next movie comes out. If we do it now, right. what are we going to talk about then? So we still might just cut it at what happens to the kids, not what happens as adults. Right. I haven't decided yet. We'll see. But Interesting. it's just for whoever, like I love talking about this because I love the concept. I love the story. I love the Losers Club. Like, that's why I just, I, I could talk about it forever. Now, see, I'm, I'm going to pose a question to you. Please. Now, I've not read the book, and I don't know if the book even touches on this, but do they give you any background of history on him and where he came from? Pennywise talks to you at one point. But does it give you, like, a detailed... It goes more into detail. Sure. Does it give you enough information for them to cover it and arc it as a prequel? No, you wouldn't want to do that. I think that'd be a horrible, horrible thing to do. Really? To go back in time? Yeah, I don't want any of that. the whole history of Derry. Nope. I don't want any of that. No, because they talk about the terrible things that happen, but there's never a mention of anyone trying to fight it. There's never a mention of him no, having... I don't know. I don't. I think that'd be horrible. I don't want anyone to try and do anything like that. Okay. Because, I mean, I want to get into why is it every 27 years? What's the meaning behind 27? What's the meaning behind... Is there a number he has to hit? I want to know all that stuff. Well, he talks about... so. It's so weird. Stephen King's great. Yeah. At one point in the book, it switches complete narrative to Pennywise talking to you, the reader. 
about <laughs> how fucking awesome he is. Like, <laughs> so that's Stephen King, though. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people mention how long the book is. The book's like a thousand to twelve hundred pages. So yeah, you yeah. have to be into it. But that's why he can do that. He can do a chapter on Pennywise telling you how fucking awesome he is and how he'll kill everyone and blah blah. That's fine. But you don't want a backstory to this. It'd be awful. Okay. But yeah, I look, I really like the movie. We obviously have to be honest about it. So I'm not going to I wasn't green. I didn't go in there not knowing the story. So when right. they make different decisions about the story, I have to talk about it. Because I'm still questioning how they're going to bring everything together. But I will say, this is one of the best adaptations. Even though it's not exact to the book, it still gets the feeling of the book right. Which is the whole point. Right. That's what we're looking for. When you are doing these reboots, remakes, adaptations, there's a specific feeling that you're supposed to be creating. And when you don't do that and you cheapen it or make it campy, Uh you ruin that. And that's what makes us hate these movies. Right. For sure. This did a good job with that. Absolutely. And that's why I want R-rated or hard R-rated movies, like horror movies, whatever, with a story. I want something in there because really it wasn't that gory. Like, you know, they showed, you know, Georgie's arm being bitten off. You know, I mean, if you get in comparison to what is now out there, thank you, Saw. Like, it's not. Well, that's what I mean. Anymore. Like, we don't need that. But I want to hear people swear. Like, I loved hearing fuck most of that time because why wouldn't you say that all the fucking time yeah how people actually talk for anyone sometimes i won't be able to edit this so people might hear random car noises outside kelly's there's a parade going by my fucking house today awesome makes no sense but that's just funny but yeah i would absolutely recommend this movie to people I hope to see it more. I'm definitely buying the Blu-ray. I love what they did because, and I'm really happy that it's become popular. I am because it's so much better when something good is remade like this, where it also shows that it's good. And I know that sounds weird, but, and I don't need it to be popular. Like I'd be fine just going back to the way it was, but I don't know. It's fine. I don't care about the bandwagon jumpers. Like, yay, come on, join the bandwagon. It's fine. (laughs) Like, I'm totally fine with that. It's just funny to see media outlets like music places say like, oh, it was, you know, show us your your best it picture or all these other podcasts that don't normally cover this stuff. I see advertisements for them. We're talking it. It's like, really? Like, you're going to talk? Okay. I would leave that to us, but, you know, it's fine. All right. Well, then how about this? Would you absolutely recommend you have to see this in theaters or you like, are you pushing it? But you know what? I think people probably get mad at me for that as well. I am not a theater person. I can make my own experience in my apartment. Like, I don't need to go out and see a movie, but I will give money to something that I believe in more. So that's why I went to see it when it first came out, because I wanted the box office to do well, because I want more like this. But in general, I don't need that experience. I don't. I can make the experience. I get lost in movies no matter where I'm watching them. Okay. So that's at least my opinion. What about you? Um, I don't. I think it holds its own enough to if you watch this in your living room, you're gonna. It's gonna give you the exact same feel without the lovely added bonus of idiots talking through it or <laughs> shouting at the screen right. or standing up or whatever bullshit that they're doing. Um, I think it holds up easily well enough to where you can watch this at home. I like the fact that, you know, obviously with, you know, pushing this to be done well and and telling 
the industry that this is what needs to be done is yeah. is the positive to going to the theater. The downside is I had to sit through 30 minutes of shitty trailers and Coke commercials beforehand. That I well, don't need. Let's not talk bad about Coke. I'm drinking Still. my Coke Zero Sugar right now. Hey, Coke, right. come sponsor. Still, I don't need all that additional time right. to be wasted towards this. And if I like horror movies, I'm going to go see them. You don't need to pimp them out to me beforehand. Well, I have to look at the calendar and see what's coming up in October besides mm. Jigsaw and see if there's <laughs> anything else good coming out. I don't know. That's why I think as long as Hollywood starts being like, oh, maybe doing an actual story with characters that you care about in a horror movie will work. And did anyone complain that it was over two hours long? I haven't seen anyone do it. Mm, I can say this. It felt, honestly, it, it had a lot of long parts for me. But I cared enough to see where it was going for me to not be like, I mean, I need to get up. Like, well, it's, right. you know. Well, I didn't hear anything, at least online. I didn't hear right. anyone saying, oh, it's a really long movie. It's just like normally those stupid horror movies are an hour and a half. And normally you can say, yeah, that's great because I don't want to see any more of it. So whatever. Right. But right. put the time in, put the acting in, you know, like there was really no one of note in this movie except for the guy from Stranger Things. But even then. Yeah, even then, he's not a household name. I don't know what his fucking name is. Character development means a good horror movie. You have to do that. People don't like the slasher thing anymore. They don't like that you're just going to meet a character with big breasts and they're going to die. That's not what you want. You want something of meaning. You want to care about these characters when they die or when they survive. And that's what you get with it. And that's why there's a lot of heartbreak coming in the second movie. (laughs) And they could change things around, too. True. So we'll see about that. But, Kelly, we have been talking for a long time. Holy shit, we haven't done one of these in forever. I know, right? So I think we're all set here. Once again, our recommendation is to see it, right? Yep. Other than that, like I said, there will be a part two. You know, this is a little iffy. My mouth is really hurting right now. So we'll see, you know, hopefully, you know, any issues that came about with if you heard something, you know, quiver in my speech. It's probably because I'm in pain right now. So hopefully everyone understands that. But Kelly, until the next episode, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, You can always find me on Instagram at Nerdy Girl Ivy. And as well, um, my link through Facebook at Nerdy Girl Ivy is doing okay too. I'm trying to pimp stuff when I can. Um, It's slightly busy right now, but at least Instagram I'm fairly dedicated to. (laughs) But we're, we're hopefully new content soon. Very nice. Same stuff goes for Ian Hates Shows. You can follow all the links in the description of the episode to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, all that stuff. It really does help because it looks like we don't have as many people, but we have so right. many people listening. So why not just go you know, check the thumbs up or follow or whatever? Because it really does help the show. Absolutely. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. It really doesn't take any of your time. It takes like a minute. It would be so easy and it would help us out a lot. Plus, to cover hopefully some expenses of how expensive these shows are, I have opened up a Patreon, patreon.com slash Ian Hates. If you have the means, it would be really great if you could help us because we have so many monthly bills. Plus, the reason why this is so professional is because of the money that we put into this. So it would really help if you could do that. And other than that, I think we are all set. Kelly, do you have any final words for everyone? Beep, beep, Ian. Beep, beep. Love it. And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.